George Affleck in for Mike Smith today and the rest of the week. Hope you're enjoying your day and feel free to reach out to us all, all the time on our buzz line, 604-331-2899, 604-331-2899, or email me, george at cknw.com. In this hour, after the news, we'll be talking to Jill Tipping, the president and CEO of BC Tech Industry Association, about, you know, what they, they've done a study that says uh, we should be doing more to change and evolve our economy. In the last hour, we're going to be talking about princess culture, you know, that the, the this is actually a good thing for young girls. We'll also be going to Washington, D.C. to find out what's going on down there with our correspondent there, as well as John Jang will be by with a surprise story for us all. But first, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Uh, Keith Baldry is Global BC Legislative Bureau Chief for us, and he's with me now. Hey, Keith. Hey, George. So let's start with the wildfires and smoke. Is it one or the other? Is it both? They're all terrible right now, right? Yeah, I mean, we're in a, a very bad season. Obviously, we've been talking about this for for some time we're probably going to rival 2017 or 2018 to be the worst uh, wildfire season ever uh this may be the new reality going forward it's interesting seeing uh, again people uh, basically coming up with different ideas than what we've had in the past and one thing i'm going to be keeping an eye on going forward whether we're going to see more prescribed burning mm-hmm. this is burning forests ahead of time uh, building on um, uh, indigenous culture for years that managed forest fires, that deliberately set forest fires in certain manageable situations to burn up the fuel that was on the floor of the forest. And increasingly, right. a number of forestry experts are prescribing this as a, a new way uh, going forward because the last few years, uh, I mean, the last two years, really nothing much happened in terms of wildfires. So that was a bit of a disguise as it was just building up what we're seeing um, this year, and again, keep an eye on the number of people evacuated this summer. It's just at the beginning, really, of the season. This goes until September. There's going to be a lot of people affected by wildfires uh, in the interior, particularly uh, that haven't been affected yet. There's going to be a lot of evacuations. Well, and this smoke thing, I mean, I think it was Mark Rodriguez I was watching this morning talking about this is the longest heat wave we've had. This is one of the longest, but he said Expo 86, and you and I are old enough to remember Expo 86, mm-hmm. but that year was, it was like this. It was it was hot from June until October. It was crazy. But we didn't uh, get the kind of fires and the smoke, smoke. Uh, and especially the smoke, and that's a fairly recent in the last five years, and it seems like what is going on with that? And some of it's coming from the U.S. as well on occasion. Uh, we can't really control what they do down there, so it's a real mixture of what what can we do? Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a very good point. I mean, we haven't, we've had smoky skies before, but on a sustained basis, not like what we're seeing right now. And a lot, a lot of this, as you mentioned, coming from the States, there's a lot of forest fires in Washington State. There's a massive forest fire in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And that Oregon fire is also contributing to our smoke uh, problem. Uh, but for people with respiratory issues, whether it's asthma or something else, this is a real concern. I mean, smoky skies can be irritable to many people, but they can be almost fatal to some who, if it, could, if it triggers a bad asthma attack right. or a respiratory illness. And that's the concern we've got going forward. This, again, is this the new reality? Is this going to be an annual event, uh, which will literally force people to move uh, from their current locations if they can't really deal with a respiratory situation that arises from deep, uh, heavy smoke particular in the air. So we'll be looking for the province to start thinking about policies and procedures for dealing with this. I mean, if this is going to be, this can't be the new normal. There's got to be a solution Well, for you know, the, the heat dome raised issues such as, um, do we change the building codes for things? Right. Uh, for such a, do you require ventilation mm-hmm. and air conditioning? In certain situations, uh, we historically Canada builds its homes to keep out the cold. 
Well, now is the, is now the solution to keep out the heat and the smoke, and that may require some policy changes and some literally, you know, the minutia of building codes. All right, let's talk about uh, COVID a bit here. Uh, here's Fauci, Dr. Fauci, uh, this morning talking to Global uh, Global TV uh, about uh, their new changes to C- CDC. The former recommendation was if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask either indoors or outdoors. That's changed. Now, even if you're vaccinated, when you go indoors in a public place in a region of the country that has either a high or a substantial level of viral dynamics, you should wear a mask. So lots of uh, advice and changes, and, and but you know, you've still got what's going on in Florida and Texas and then New York. Everybody seems to be doing something different in the States. Yeah, this is going to cause some confusion, people. Yeah. Um, there's a very small number of people who have been fully vaccinated who still get uh, COVID-19. It's, it's really like 2%. Mm-hmm. And the number, the... The overall number, you know, the gross number of people um, goes up all the time because more and more people are vaccinated. So that that basic whole number will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. But the percentage isn't changing much. But Dr. Fauci's advice now to wear a mask pretty well everywhere indoors is going to confuse some people. But again, I never intended to stop wearing masks myself uh, in in, uh, indoor situations Mm -hmm. with crowds. I think it's just part of part of life now. But it's just take a look at, you mentioned Florida. I mean, Florida has 9,000 people in hospital uh, yeah. because of COVID-19. Washington State, just saw a story in the Seattle Times just a few moments ago, moving mm-hmm. a story that says Washington State hospitals are full. And Washington State is one of the higher vaccinated yeah. uh, states, and that's the trouble they're in. So the United States is in a uh, just a, an absolute mess. And that's because, what, say, the 30% in Washington that have not got vaccinated are getting sick. Like yeah, we always did. It, it's rural areas. It's mm-hmm. uh, once you step outside of Seattle, you're in a lot of COVID situations, and you're seeing that pretty well right across the United States, where the urban centers have high vaccination rates. But once you get into rural and smaller towns, it's the the rate plunges in numbers. Whether it's and particularly in the American South, Arkansas, Missouri, Louisiana, mm-hmm. Alabama. Uh, Mississippi and Florida in particular have very low vaccination rates, very high hospitalization rates. And you turn our our attention to British Columbia. Well, there's a push on beginning this week to really ramp up the vaccinations for younger people in the interior Mm -hmm. and the north, which right now are at 50 to 65 percent vaccination rate compared to their 85 to 90 percent counterparts in Vancouver Coastal. And those are people aged 20 to, to 39. Yep. And those efforts are going to have to really step up. I've got a call out this week that suggests that if we don't get those numbers up, if those numbers in the interior and the north don't vastly improve fairly quickly, I think you're going to see some measures come down from public health that will say you cannot go to gyms, as we're seeing in New York City today. Yeah. That's a big, big deal. And looking at those, you know, unlike looking at Alberta, deal. where they're like loosening things up, we look at New York and they're saying, okay, no, no, um, you can't go to a restaurant. This is like France. New York City is is taking a very big step today, which will have, will, which will reverberate through the United States and I think into Canada, which says you cannot go into a restaurant or a gym, a fitness studio, unless you have proof of vaccination. I think that's the road we're, we're headed down, and I think we're headed that way, particularly in the interior in the north of B.C. But how do we prove it? Well, I still don't understand. There's no process, really, for that. There's no system in place. No, well, we'll see. New York's first out of the, out of the, 
um, blocks here yeah. on this, and we'll see how they, uh, they, I mean, New York City's legendary for their city inspectors. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what role they play. Interior health, for example, the Dr. Bonnie Henry, in she didn't close restaurants and bars and nightclubs in interior health or in the central Okanagan, but she put them on notice that there's yeah. going to be increased uh, monitoring and enforcement, and there will be business closures in the central Okanagan, I think, this week, as some are caught not obeying the rules, and perhaps that's what we're going to do with vac- vaccination passports. Speaking of Dr. Bonnie Henry, here she is on uh, Simi Sarah's show this morning talking about the Order of British Columbia. You know what? It was very, um, very touching and and humbling for me. And and you know, I really, it has been such a challenging eighteen months, and it's not over yet. And I really think that there's a whole team uh, that have worked together on this. And uh, I really, I, I'm the face maybe of, of a large group of people that are still working very hard. Humble as usual, but maybe too soon to get an order of British Columbia is until this pandemic's finished, or is it the right time? Well, yeah, I, I suppose it's the right time. I don't think it's, uh, I mean, certainly there's been no public figure of that stature on a sustained basis that I've ever seen, uh, aside from an elected official, uh, ever. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. 18 months of leading this. But as she mentioned, she had, she does have a formidable team behind her, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, Stephen Brown, the deputy minister, gets very little attention, but he's a key part of this. And Penny Ballum, the head of the vaccination program, is another yeah. key member of this team. Uh, Dr. Danuta Skaronsky, uh, who's been on NW before, who's the one who came up with the 16-week interval argument to allow right, more people to get vaccinations, mm-hmm. younger people, which mm-hmm. really staved off what's happening, a situation that developed in the United Kingdom. Dr. Rika Gustafson, uh, who's occasionally sub for Dr. Bonnie Henry in some of the briefings. I mean, there's a lot of people, a lot of people at play here in terms of uh, leading this team, but as Bonnie Henry says, she's the public face and uh, she's getting the order of BC. George Affleck in for Mike Smith today and uh, Keith Baldry, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, is with me and taking your calls, 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Keith, we had, uh, we had uh, Renee Merrifield on earlier. Uh, here's a clip uh, where we talked about her optimism and excitement. Oh, no, the last campaign, that was that was disappointing for sure. No, I think it lies in the opportunity. I think it lies in, in people's desires to see to see our society change and to see it change for the better. And I don't think we've seen that uh, in, in, in the last few years, and I think we need to. Renee Merrifield running for the BC Liberal leadership, of course. Keith, your thoughts on this? This is the worst kept secret of the campaign, I would say. Well, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think she's got a steep hill to climb here. I yeah. would think uh, uh, Kevin Falcon and Michael Lee have to be considered the front runners here. Uh, but, you know, I think the Liberals need more candidates, and obviously they just can't have men running. Mm-hmm. So she brings that to the table. It's interesting. She drew a little flack. And the last legislative session. So MLAs table petitions all the time from their constituents. It doesn't matter whether the MLA backs the petition or not. Just, you know, they're given a petition by their constituents to do that, calling on the government to X, Y, Z. She tabled one that called for an end to the mandatory mask rule. And most MLAs just simply table the petition and say this is what it's about. Mm -hmm. But she went on and sort of gave voice to the anti-mask movement Mm. in her presentation in the legislature. And that certainly got some tongues wagging Mm. over here. 
whether or not uh, how much you know That's, she supports that particular yeah. argument. That's going to come up in the in the in the race. It's going to be interesting. Uh-huh. I mean, leadership races are. Not just kid glove root events. There's going to be <laughs> well, some she said bruised it was, egos. Oh, it's going to be nice. She said it was going to be all nicey nice, and I, you know, I'm like, all Nuke. right, sure, sure, sure. It, I mean, behind the scenes, that kind of stuff goes on. I moderated the well, the main televised debate of the Liberals' uh, last leadership race, and it got a little nasty on the stage between Michael Lee and uh, Andrew Wilkinson right. and uh, and others who were fighting it out mm. for the for the title here. So. Uh, no, it's not all going to be nicey-nice. There's going to be right. some uh, some arguments. All right, let's take some calls. David from Surrey, go ahead, your call, your, your questions. Hi, good morning. I'm up walking, so I hope you can hear me clearly. I'm one of those that got uh, an AstraZeneca, more specifically Shield shot, followed by a Moderna. Mm-hmm. And it uh, really hurts to hear that, uh, yeah. that we may be throwing the Moderna shots away when I may need to travel to Europe where Shield is not yet approved, even though AstraZeneca is. And uh, alternatively, it seems in the U.S. Yeah, this, uh, and other places mixing them. David, Why can't I get a uh, another Moderna shot? Yeah, sure, they throw you, them away? yeah t- you know, this mix and match. Then this top up, uh, Keith. Any news on that? Well, but basically, the, the policies on this are evolving. They're not set in stone. Mm-hmm. I don't think, and we talked about Henry about this uh, one of the last briefings. And really, the numbers will speak here. There are millions of people who fall into our callers' category. Mm-hmm. Uh, our country's really going to bar millions of people visiting them on the basis of what really is the infancy of science right. when it comes to mixing these vaccines. So yeah. the United States really going to bar tens of mil- hundreds of millions of people who got AstraZeneca, for example, because they haven't approved AstraZeneca in this state. So they're really going to bar the first and fourth largest country in the uh, in terms of their visitors from entering as Canada and the UK from entering the United yeah. States because of some sort of layman's concerns about vaccine mixing or or such. We had 400,000 British Columbians mixed mixed Mm -hmm. vaccines, uh, and that's just B.C. alone. Uh, The market will speak here, uh, and the market will say, you come in. So I think we're at the very beginning of the travel season. We haven't even really started traveling. These rules will evolve, and they'll change. I got AstraZeneca, double-dose AstraZeneca. I'm not really worried uh, to about our, my ability to travel yet because I have no intention to travel for, for the foreseeable future. But, you know, six months from now, I think the rules will be different. All right. Thanks, David. Uh, Vicki from Burnaby, go ahead. So we hear about the care workers' right not to have a vaccine who work in a care home. We don't really hear about the senior who lives in the care home, who is, that is their home. They are paying quite astronomical fees sometimes to live there and yet they don't have the right to say who can and cannot come into their home though so you living in your home can stop anybody coming in the front door so i'm just wondering why we are not looking at this question from the other end of it all right thanks vicky real quick yeah, Keith, good, uh, good, you know, good you question i don't think centers. the final chapter has been written here right now uh, care workers who aren't vaccinated are required to wear PPE, a mask, a shield, sometimes uh, a gown, and they have to be tested at least three times a week, which is a very uncomfortable test. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's making life a little more difficult for people in that situation, hoping they come around and get vaccinated. But again, this is not the last chapter of it. No. I still think that the, the chances down the road of mandatory vaccinations, but we're not there yet. All right, Keith, thanks. Uh, and thanks for your call. Thanks, Jeff. Talk to you tomorrow.